0: We're speaking with Dr. Peter Salk. He's president of the Jonas Salk Legacy Foundation and the son of Dr. Jonas Salk, who he and his team of researchers are credited with inventing the polio vaccine. Dr. Peter Salk, welcome to the 77 WABC Early News.
1: Thank you, Deborah.
0: Dr. Salk, here's a piece of audio. It's part of an interview that your father, Dr. Jonas Salk, did back in 1974, talking about his research.
1: Okay. was a problem that was clearly unsolved. It remained to be dealt with. And uh, what uh, one does in research is to make a beginning uh, without knowing necessarily how quickly or even where you will
0: end. Then in 1955, then-President Eisenhower honored your father at the White House.
1: I have no words in which adequately to express the thanks of myself All the people I know and all 164 million Americans, to say nothing of all the other people in the world, that'll profit from your discovery.
0: So President Eisenhower there and let's fast forward now, uh, Dr. Salk, to 2022. Polio has now surfaced here in New York State, actually up in Rockland County. The first case in the United States since 2013. Man in his 20s, possibly not vaccinated, is believed to have contracted it abroad in Poland or Hungary and New York City officials here have also found traces of the virus in wastewater samples. So Dr. Salk, is the public here at risk and do you feel that people should be worried about an outbreak.
1: I think that people need to be cautious at this point. Um, Since the virus has not been circulating in this country for some time, um, we are in a better position because of the vaccinations that have taken place over all of these years. Immunization rates in general have been quite good, but there are areas in which the immunization rates have not been so good. And that's where we really have to be careful. There are pockets in in the cities of New York itself where um, immunization rates are rather low. So I think what we have to do at this point is where there are children who have not been immunized against polio, now is the time to immunize your child. And with respect to adults, it's not impossible that as time has gone on after being immunized as a child, that the immunization um, level of protection may have fallen off some. It, my father's view was that that would not actually happen, uh, that the, having been initially primed against the, the, um, the, the immune system being primed against the virus in childhood, well, still, then it would react very quickly in time to protect a person. But since that is not a completely known thing, adults in areas where the virus is circulating may wish to consider be getting booster shots. So it's we're not at a point where there is a a flame, a a conflagration, but we want to prevent that. We we, I don't think we're going to be seeing in any case because of all of the immunization that's been done throughout the country. I don't think we're going to be returning to the kind of wide ever the, the kind of widespread epidemics that existed back in the 1950s. But children and adults, as we've seen in Rockland, can become paralyzed. And that's something that we have the capacity to avoid. It's, it's within our control. This is an absolutely safe vaccine, the injected polio vaccine, and we should just take advantage of it to protect ourselves and to help increase the protection in the rest of the community.
0: Dr. Salk, are polio vaccines here in the United States different from those administered elsewhere in the world?
1: Well, we, we need to understand that there are two types of polio vaccines. One is the first type that my father and his team at the University of Pittsburgh created, which is based on an inactivated or killed virus killed polio viruses these viruses are dead they're not living but they immunize very well they cannot cause polio under any circumstances if the the vaccines are manufactured correctly which they have been for over the last half, half century so this is something that we can rely on There is a second vaccine which was introduced in the early 1960s that was produced by Albert Sabin and his colleagues based on weakened living polioviruses. Dr. Sabin and many others felt that this was the best way to go to uh, produce immunity and protection against a viral illness. Um, But there's a problem with that vaccine, and my father was very concerned about this at the beginning. As soon as it started being used in the United States, cases of polio began to appear that were caused by the the vaccine virus itself. What happens is the weakened viruses get introduced through the mouth, they grow in the intestinal tract, and they can mutate. They can revert back to a dangerous form. It doesn't happen very frequently that a person ends up being paralyzed as a result of that if they've received the oral vaccine. But what we're seeing now is that in the the last two decades, it's become clear that these revertant viruses from the vaccine can spread in the community and cause polio outbreaks every bit the same as the, the outbreaks that would be produced by the, the original wild naturally occurring version of the, of the virus. This is a problem that just goes along with the territory with the existing uh, oral vaccine that's used in many parts of the world. And it's something that needs to be contended with because at this point in time, globally, and these are based on my own calculations, around 99% all polio cases, paralytic polio cases in the world are being caused by viruses that derive from the oral vaccine. So this is something we have to have to come to grips with in this country. If it's a question of getting immunized, it's only the safe injected vaccine um, that is available and it will be used.
0: Dr. Salk, what about adults who were vaccinated years or even decades ago? Are they protected now or do they need a polio booster shot?
1: It's a really good question. Again, my father believed that this protection would last for a lifetime. If you look at the antibody levels over time, there's not been a whole lot of work done on this that I've become aware of. And I need to do a lot more digging about this. But I'll give you a personal example. I I was... Uh, scheduled at one point several years ago to um, a, a possible visit to the polio laboratories at the CDC and their requirement was if, so, if an adult, if someone was going to visit their laboratories, they needed to have their poliovirus antibodies determined so that it would be sure, that, you know, clear that they had protective levels if they were going to be going into a lab that might have poliovirus um, somewhere, you know, spread around or, or in the air or, or, or what have you. So I dutifully set in um, a serum, you know, blood, a blood sample and lo and behold, it turned out. And I'm now seven. I'm this was I'm 78 now. I was 75 at that point. It turned out that that of the three different immunologic types of poliovirus types one, types two, types three, the levels of antibodies in my blood to the type three strain were below the levels of detection. And and the the levels of protection. So I got a booster and sent another serum sample back, and within two to three weeks, whatever that was, um, wham, everything was through the roof. So the booster really worked. My father would have said, okay, it's all right. The the incubation period with polio between infection and paralysis is long enough that if you're exposed to to a polio virus and your antibody levels have dropped, they're going to roar back in time to protect you against being paralyzed. Personally, I, I think that's a, a, it's a, it's, that's a good, it's good in theory, but if anyone has any question in their mind about, could I conceivably um, be at risk? It's very easy, it's very safe, Just get another booster shot. The CDC recommends that if if adults are are exposing themselves to uh, dangerous situations with respect to to, um, polio, traveling to to countries where where the levels are high. And now I think this would apply, I would believe, also to New York City and and the Rock and Orange County areas. The simple thing to do is just get a booster
0: Dr. Schalk, how old were you when your father announced the discovery of the polio vaccine and what are some of your memories of his research and his accolades?
1: Yeah. um, Well, I was nine. uh, Let's see. Okay, I would have been eight years old when the very first study started uh, in human subjects in the Pittsburgh area. Um, Nine when the first report of results from those studies came out. And 11 when the uh, Dr. Thomas Francis at the University of Michigan, who who was responsible for analyzing the results of this huge national field trial, 1.8 million children. Involved, And the results were positive. The vaccine was safe, effective, and potent. So I was, 11, I was 11 years old at that time.
0: Dr. Salk, would you care to offer our listeners your opinion about the current COVID-19 vaccines? And do you feel that down the road, there will be a combination vaccination in the fall when we all, I can't say all, but when a lot of people go and get their uh, fall flu shots?
1: Yeah, I don't know what the what the situation is going to be in the fall. It's clear we've been dealing with a very difficult situation, which is quite different from polio with 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 the coronavirus with COVID and in that that virus has continued to spew off mutations. With, with, with polio, we're seeing mutations from the live virus vaccine that affects their ability to become paralytic, but it doesn't change their immunologic characteristics. So vaccines against polio virus are going to work no matter what virus you're dealing with. The mutations in that case don't change their ability to resist being to resist the, the, the vaccines with COVID is totally different. The, these mutations are just going from one thing to another, to another. The virus is changing becoming more infectious, um, and, in, and the newer strains are not so susceptible to the older vaccines, so to speak. So we, we are dealing with situations where there's a changing landscape. And I, I personally don't know right now what the situation is going to be with the boosters coming in the, in the fall. I believe that they will be more tailored to the, the strains that are currently in circulation. We may have to keep chasing this for some time until a point uh, would, would come where there might be a yes so-called universal vaccine against coronaviruses that would, would be taking a different sort of approach.
0: Dr. Salk, any other thoughts or advice for our listeners?
1: Um, just, yes, I, I would say this, that we're living in a different age than back in the 1950s when my father was confronted with making a a, a polio vaccine. Back then, there were so many different infectious diseases that affected uh, primarily children. Parents were terrified in many areas. There was great fear about polio. The whole country was behind creating a polio vaccine. And in fact, this was not a government-funded program. It was the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis, the March of Dimes, that funded both my father's work and the work of, doctor, of Dr. Sabin. Hundreds of, there were millions and millions of people in this country. I think it may have been on the order of 100 million people that contributed through the March of Dimes to the work of the National Foundation, to my father's work, to, to Dr. Sabin's work. When the announcement was made in, on April 12th of 1955, and you heard the reaction of, of President Eisenhower to that, this was the success not only of, of my father and his research team. This was the success of the people of this country. They funded this program. They were behind it. In this day and age, it's a bit different because we're not – now COVID has brought infectious diseases back to the forefront. Now we've got monkeypox that's, that's in the wings. So there are, there's an awareness of, of infectious disease. But over the decades, become people, have, I believe, become more complacent. And and felt felt that, well, you know, we're not really faced with something that's very serious and significant, totally different from back in the 1950s. We don't need to have our children immunized. We can sort of just sit back and and, uh, you know, and and wait. And and maybe could there be any risks to vaccines? And if so, let's let's be cautious with our kids. But I think what we have to realize is that these illnesses are waiting in the wings. This is a wake up call to us that we've now got the polio virus back in this country, which is and the virus is now back is from is from the oral vaccine itself. It's not the original version, so to speak. But it, it's still it's a wake up call. Don't let your guard down. Don't relax about immunizations, get your children immunized. It's a a responsibility one has to oneself, to one's family. And also because the more people that are vaccinated against one of these illnesses, the more protection there is for others in the community who for one reason or another may not be able to be vaccinated because of some other illness or, or, or what have you. So let's do our duty to ourselves. Let's do our duty to the rest of society and the community and make sure that we keep up our immunizations, both for ourselves and for our children.
0: Dr. Salk, thank you very much for speaking with the 77 WABC Early News, your insight and your expertise and your memories. Great. Thank you very much, Deborah. It's a pleasure to have talked with you. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you as well.